Hey, Culture and Conversations family. I'm your host, Jamison Smallwood, and I'm about to make you guys part of the conversation. Hey, guys, thank you for downloading. Thank you guys for subscribing. And most importantly, thank you for listening and sharing culture and uh, conversations. Up next on Culture and Conversations, I have a conversation about how to get you paid. That's right. I'm talking with Natasha Hartree about how to negotiate compensation when interviewing for positions and changing jobs in your career. Up next on Culture and uh, Conversations. Welcome back to Culture and Conversations. That's right. I'm Jameson Smallwood, your host. Thank you guys so much for being part of the conversation. I hope you've been well since the last time we've had a chance to interact with each other and you had a chance to listen to the podcast. Hope things are doing uh, what you want them to do in your life and going well. I have a great conversation. I won't even hold you along with my normal opening monologue. I have a great conversation with Natasha Hartree. Natasha is a fellow Georgia Southern Eagle, and Natasha uh, was referred to me by a friend of the show, Hope Williams, who uh, saw that I was talking in uh, one of my social media groups about compensation and about how to negotiate to get what you're worth when you go and go through the process of changing jobs. And Hope said, hey, why don't you talk to Natasha? And Natasha agreed to be part of the conversation. So up next, if you want to get paid and you want to learn how to negotiate your salary better when you change jobs, you're going to want to listen to what Natasha Hartree has to say up next on Culture and Conversations. Hey, Culture and Conversations family. I have on the phone a fellow Georgia Southern Eagle and a connection that I was uh, pleased to make uh, while I was talking about a very to- important topic that's near and dear to my heart on social media. I'd like to welcome to the conversation, Natasha Hartree. Natasha, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Jameson. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, this is something that I've really been looking forward to, so I'm ready to, ready to get started. Cool, cool. So for the listeners, uh, Natasha, you are an HR professional uh, who has a topic uh, and and an interest and a focus is very near and dear to my heart. And that is the the, the area of compensation, how to negotiate salaries, how to make sure that when you go and interview for a job, you're getting paid fairly. And uh, dare I would even say uh, getting paid at the highest end of the pay band for whatever position that you're applying for. You have an interest in this. You have, you do some consulting in this area and uh, you've got a lot of experience because of your HR background. And so when we were talking about this topic of compensation on the podcast uh, page, culture and conversations presents hashtag group chat, uh, you were mentioned and referenced uh, by one of the members of the group. And here you are on the podcast. Right. That's, <laughs> that's so awesome. Um, yeah. Hope, um, who's also uh, Hope Williams, who actually went to, she's a fellow Georgia Southern Eagle, um, ended up tagging me on a, a conversation of that. I'd actually did some consulting with her husband when he was um, looking to do some things just in, in the HR space and trying to figure out how to navigate that corporate space. Um, so it was like when she tagged me in there, I, I hopped in and, and was ready to go. Like I said, like you said, because this is something similar to how you were passionate about it. Um, I'm, I really am passionate about compensation and just making sure that we do everything that we can uh, to bridge that compensation gap. Yeah, that's important. So for the listeners to set the show up a little bit, the, 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 the heart of what we're trying to get at as we talk is we want to put you in a better position to go into a job interview process, go into a recruiting process, whatever, you know, whatever particular verbiage, your industry that you're a part of, 
as a as a professional uses. But we want you to be in that position empowered to ask the right questions, to to mention the right pieces of information about yourself so that you can get the the job as well as the salary that you that you deserve. And uh, this is what we're going to shoot for in this conversation. And so let me just start this this this, this us off this way, Natasha, is, okay. you know, when did you realize that it was important? And this is going to sound very obvious, but when did you realize it was important for us to become better negotiators? Did you have a personal story where you had to negotiate um, a salary or did you feel that you were undercompensated and you were wondering what you could do to fix that the next time you were in a position to negotiate your salary? Gotcha. That's a good question. So I do have a story behind that. So um, before I got into HR, um, I used to work uh, on federal contracts uh, for the government back when the market flipped upside down and all the houses went up. Um, into foreclosure, the banks bought them up. So I worked for um, the government. And so we just tried to resell those homes. So when I was going into those positions, this was probably back in 2011 or so. Um, so when I was going into those positions, I really didn't think, I didn't think much about negotiation. I didn't think about a salary. I just knew that I was going from one job to the next. One paid a little bit more. Then I'm like, okay, well, the other one paid a little bit more. Um, and whatever they offered to me was what I took. Um, but I ended up making a transition over in HR with something that I was passionate about. Um, but I was looking for the right move to be able to make, to go from what I was doing into HR. Um, so when I went into that conversation, I had somebody called me up and they were like, I know you want to go into HR. You know, are you interested in this position? Um, you know, we want to go ahead and interview. So went through the whole interview process. Um, and the hiring manager came back to me and she said, this is what we're paying. Um, at that time, okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, already, so, that's already a red flag right there. This is what we're paying. Yeah, we so don't care what you right, want to get paid. Right. This is what we're paying. Right. And that was the thing. So for me, that was, it was a red flag for two reasons. One, it was like, okay, well, she just coming and telling me, you know, exactly what they're paying. The second thing is though, is that I was looking to get into HR, but I was looking for the right opportunity. So I wasn't willing to just take anything that was offered. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I was like, okay, well, I want to get into HR. Yeah, this is a great opportunity. And it, and for people that don't know, HR is not an easy field to get into. Sometimes people stumble into it, but it's not easy to get into. But I was willing to forego what she came back with. And I was like, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, I think this is something I, I may end up passing up um, just simply because, you know, as far as compensation goes, um, you know, I actually am okay where I am. I'm going to basically look for the right opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'll be back two hours later and was like, okay, this is what we're going to pay. Now will you come work for us? Wow. Wow. So and I was like, <laughs> wait, wait, let me, let me hit the chime for that. So <laughs> they came, they thought you, they thought you were playing hardball with them and negotiating um, your salary and, and being willing to walk away from the table, they said, okay, well, we, we clearly she's, she's being difficult because of the salary point. So let's see if we can't find her some more money. Right. Yeah. And that was weird because again, it was like, I wasn't, it wasn't even at that point, it was somewhat about the money, but it wasn't. But for me to make the jump to leave what I had been doing for the last five years, because what I could have done is I could have stayed on, uh, the, the asset management because it was, you know, somewhat like real estate. I could have stayed on that track, but I wanted to pivot into HR, but I knew 
I was like, okay, if I go into this job and this is only, you know, two or three grand more than what I'm making right now, I just don't know if it's going to be worth it to, to make that pivot and then possibly be stuck in that place. Um, for a while. So I just like, you know what? I'm like, this is not, this is just not the opportunity for me right now. I'm going to wait on a better opportunity. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. They came back with a little bit more money and I was like, all right, well, Hey, this, this actually might be the move. And so I ended up taking that jump. And so I was in a position where I was negotiating and I didn't really realize it, but that it, it flipped the switch for me. Mm. That was like, this is the first time that I've had this conversation Number one, where I've been in a position where it was a position that I did not have to take. Nice. And see, I think that's the first the first major um, uh, takeaway or, or PowerPoint there that we can give people is that you need to go into these situations understanding that, hey, I don't have to get this job. You know, yep. there there are more opportunities out there. There, are, I hate to say the cliche, but there's plenty of fish in the sea, right? And um, you're not in a position where you have to let this one job rule your perspective of how you see yourself and how you see your career. There's other opportunities out there, and they'll and they'll they may be they may they may not be as plentiful in any particular moment in time. But you don't have to. To your point, Natasha, you don't have to settle for something that that's just any old opportunity just because you're looking for an an opportunity you know you don't have to settle right and i think a lot of times people get that and so a lot of times i'll lead that um i plan on doing a master class on this and i'll go just a little bit deeper into it you know when i get to, to that place but again one of the things that we need to realize you know and, and this is kind of working from the end going backwards like when you go into a situation where there's negotiation and you're not comfortable with what they're offering like the salary negotiation, it may not always work. However, if you're comfortable enough to say, you know what, hey, again, this is not the position for me. You know, thank you for your time. Um, and then you just you move, and then you move on. You don't. You, sometimes I think we get upset because we're just like, you know, oh well, people are just gonna, you know, give you whatever. No, there's a conversation that happens that has to happen that says, hey, this is what we're offering. You can go back and you counter, and I have a formula that I use for that too, where you go back and counter depending on, you know, what the position is. Um, and then if they come back and they're not willing to come up where you are, like I would tell anybody, don't take a position. If, you're, if you've negotiated your salary successfully, you should be comfortable with what you're walking away with, and you shouldn't feel like you lost out um, because of that. Exactly. And I, w- I will always also kind of want to give people a little bit of a pep talk as a part of this conversation, Natasha. So bear with me as I kind of get in my uh, pep talk bag and my motivational speaker you know, bag. But one of the things we've got to do as in, as people who are working is shift our mind from thinking of ourselves as employees to being corporations of one. Um, that's something that has been big on helping me. Um, I, I recently transitioned from being um, an employee to being a contractor, which means I'm a business owner. And then I realized, okay, I may be the, I may, it may be a one man shop right now, but I'm still a shop. And then when you realize that, Hey, if I'm a shop at one man, quote unquote, working in my shop, in my contracting firm, I was always one man. And I always right. had a contracting firm. I just had a different arrangement with the employer. Now, instead of them being my employee, my employer, they're my client. And so the conversation, it it helped me in that moment flip over into realizing that the key piece is to understand that, hey, I'm giving my time, I'm giving my effort, I'm giving a piece of my life 
for this company's objective. What is that truly worth? You know, now don't get me wrong. We know that there's factors in the industry that, that dictate how much we can get paid for a position. And there's things you can do to mitigate some of that as well. But at the end of the day, you have to, to your point, you have to feel comfortable walking away with what you, um, what you, what you asked for, because you deserve it. Your life, you can't put a measure, you can't put a true number on your, the time uh, that you're giving up in, in, in your life. And especially, I had a conversation with a friend one time, and she talked about, you know, the fact that she's a mother and, you know, she's, um, you know, she, she's, she's a wife and she'd rather be home spending that time with her family, but she also is providing, she also helps provide for her family. So imagine what that's worth. You know, missing mm-hmm. missing those those formative years of your child's life and those, and those hours out of that time every day because you're working. So they kind of get us reset a little bit. And, and with that foundation, as from where I'm coming from philosophically, people need to understand that you have just as much right to negotiate aggressively for a salary as a company has to negotiate, a, a, you know, away from paying you. And I guess my last two cents on this. Is that like you said? Uh, hey, I got more money out of the situation. Companies have the money to pay us. <laughs> that, that's the other PowerPoint. Companies have the money to pay us, and that you know, let's say that five, that extra five thousand dollars you're 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 debating about asking for, they have it. They have it in abundance. They're a company. Uh, they're a much larger entity than yourself. So uh, you should never worry about the company's pockets when you're asking for what you need for your pockets. That's my second PowerPoint or third PowerPoint. First, the first one is um, being willing to walk away. The second one is see yourself as a corporation of one. And the third one is, Hey man, (laughs) Hey man, don't be worried about their pockets when you got to be worried about your pockets. Right. So I I said, I said said a lot of rambling, but go ahead and (laughs) go ahead and touch. All very good points. And so I want to piggyback off of some of that. um, When you talk about, you know, you, you know, only you know what your needs are. Only you know what your financial compensation needs to be. You are the person that knows what it is that you're comfortable with. Um, when you go into those conversations, so in, into those in, into those salary negotiation conversations, um, while you have those things in the back of your mind, that's not going to be what you're going to want to present to them, right? Um, because then at that point, it becomes, it becomes personal. It becomes that you've made it personal and you're saying, oh, well, mm. you know, I make $10,000 more than what I was making at my last job. So this is what I need you to pay. Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, you're saying, well, you know, I'm a mother, so I need to make sure that I have, you know, four weeks or six weeks vacation because I need to make sure that I'm out for a spring break and two weeks at Christmas and a week at Thanksgiving. Like those are not the things that you're going to want to be able to take to those conversations. However, when you're making the decision in your mind regarding how you're choosing to negotiate um, and being able to articulate your worth again, because again, you know, that company, they have, they have the money. Like they're not, if they're, you know, shucking and jiving over five grand, um, you know, like you said, again, the company had, they do have the money. Um, but one of the things, even though in knowing that the company has the money, you also have to know what the market pays for what you do. So you can say, yeah, the company has the money, but if you're you're in a position and you're making and you're looking for um, sixty five grand, and you know the market for that experience that matches up with your experience only pays forty nine k, then you may be out of the market for what they you know for what they budgeted that position for. So in addition to that, it means you need to be educated on exactly what you do 
um, what the market pays and how much more value you can bring to that company because they need you to articulate why should I pay you this much money? Are you worth it to me? What is your value add? What is it that you're going to bring to this organization that you're going to bring to this organization that any other applicant may or may not bring to this organization? What is it that makes you stand apart? And so when you're thinking about those things, what you have in the, in the back of your mind, you have to let them know the things that they value, similar to how you value your family and your compensation. They also have a value too as an organization and their value is going to be different than what our value is. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. You have to understand your value in the market. Um, you know, and, and that's a very difficult conversation a lot of times for people to have with themselves yeah. because it takes a it takes a tremendous amount of self-awareness. And, um, you know, these positions are available and these positions are marketed based on, um, you know, what a company is willing to pay. But they also these companies also have conversations with people who who look at what the going rate is for, let's say, um, in my case, I'm a software engineer. So they'll look and say, hey, you know, what do we pay senior software engineers? And, you know, I was talking with um, I was talking with a potential client not too long ago and they reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we, we want to um, interview you and talk to you and I'm going to try to get in touch with you and blah, 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 blah. And they came back and, and the recruiter said, oh, yeah, I worked with this company to set the rate. So I said, well, what are you paying? You know, so when they told me the number. I'd said, yeah, that's, we're just, we're just, we're just, we're just too far apart. You know, we're, this is not what, this is just not going to work. And, um, and I know, cause I know what the high end of my pay band is. I know what f- for, you know, for that particular type of position, I know what the high end is and some companies just don't pay the high end. Now you can, to your point, you can articulate value to the company and that can't help them move their number. Cause she sure enough, she came back and said, well, you know, I might can submit you for another, you know, she was talking about another 5,000 above what, what she initially offered. I said, you know, but I said, still, we're still too far apart, <laughs> you know? Right. And, um, but, it, but, but once she understood that I understood the information that I was knowledgeable about what was going on in the market, then that completely shifted her tone towards me going from a situation of offering, uh, me, whatever she thought I was going to take to now she had to meet my expectations. So then she started to come up towards me. Um, so right. I, I think it's, it's very important to understand what people in the market get paid. And, and in this case, um, Natasha, what are some ways of finding that information? Now, how do, how can people become more aware? I have some ideas in mind, but I'd rather, you know, let you have the first crack at it. How can people find out uh, that information about where they rank experience wise, expertise wise, and ultimately what they can get for their time and services that they offer a particular company. Gotcha. So um, two very basic sources that you can use. Um, I know for sure one is, and I, even though people don't feel like you can like salary.com, like there are websites and resources that you can use. And there's another one that I use all the time. And if you hadn't asked, it wouldn't have popped up in my brain. I can't think of the one that it is right now. Um, and we may have to table back to it, but um, one of the things is, is to truly get out and do the research. Like you can literally get on Google. And the reason that I know this is because I've done it for a couple different positions, is this, depending on what. Are you thinking about open door by chance? Or, or gla- door? glass door? Glass door. Glass door. Okay. We, glass door. We got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So glass, glass door is a fantastic resource. And I'll tell you why. So, 
Um, I'll use the example. Like I said, I, I, I actually just left my former company. My last day is Friday and I'm transitioning over to a new position on Monday. So what I realized um, by simply by using Glassdoor and putting in my actual job title and the company that I work for, um, and I saw what the market rate was for the seniors that were in the position that I was in. Um, in addition to that, um, having looked at what the market pays, I already knew that when I was going into this new organization, um, even though I didn't know exactly what they were paying for the position, I already knew that from what my previous compensation was that I was going into this new position, that I was going to cap them out at their budget. So I knew that going into it because I had already done the research based on the position that I had. So Glassdoor is a great resource. As uncomfortable as it is um, to, to even end up having these conversations, conversations with people in your field, you can ask a question to someone um, about compensation around what they make without them if they don't want to disclosing what their current salary is. Um, a lot of times we don't want to have those conversations, but we can ask those questions. Um, in addition to that, if you're like you said, if you're having a conversation with a recruiter um, and depending on how many recruiters that you talk to, one of the questions that we don't feel like we can ask, but we can is to ask a recruiter, what is the range? of that salary. What are they looking to pay? What have they budgeted for the position? Exactly. Um, that question that gives you a roundabout number. And so you at least know that you have something that you can work with. Um, I tell people all the time, information changes every day. You have to be hungry for the information. Do your research as simple as it is. Google is really going to be your number one. Um, and having those conversations, asking those recruiters, those questions. Um, those are the three things that I would suggest in trying to figure out, what the market rate is, and even for what they're paying for the market, again, you have to consider the value that you bring. So even if they have the market rate that they're paying for the position, it doesn't mean that you have to go in and match that market. Sometimes people don't realize the band that sometimes companies have um, can be anywhere from 10 to 30 grand, depending on the position, depending on how senior that position is. So when we don't have those conversations, imagine how much money we're leaving on the table by when they come back with the first offer that they have. Um, and then we go ahead and take that. I've had conversations with talent acquisitions managers um, and they've just had the conversation when dealing with people of color, people of like, you know, like us, that they end up coming with the offer and they're waiting for us negotiate and a lot of times we never do mm -hmm. no that's so true people people almost think that negotiating is like a, a bad word but it's it is it is so necessary when you start talking about compensation um you know and so i, I love those sources i mean you talked about going online and googling um different positions that that are similar to yours to different companies you talked about using resources like uh glass door and salary.com to get an estimate of what's going on you talked about talking with people in your field to see hey what are they making what are what you know how does your compensation proposed compensation line up with what they're making in their field and um and also talking with people who work for the company that's important as well too if you can get somebody who will tell you candidly hey you know you can get you know um 50,000 a year 60,000 a year if you ask for that in that position um i recently i never get i, I did some um I did some work helping uh, recruit a guy um, in my in my in my line of work for a company that I, I was working for at the time for my my client I had and um, you know and I knew what I had made as a engineer coming into that space 
And um, I told him exactly what to ask for. And he got it, you know, because it was it was it was the number. I knew exactly what their budget was. I knew exactly based on the amount of experience he had, you know, where he was, what the leap he was making in terms of his previous salary. Uh, and, and not that that even matters, but I knew that, hey, all these things lined up for him. And this is what he needed to ask for with the salary. And sure enough, when he asked for it, uh, he was able to get it. And, right. you know, that's where the power it, it really comes in in these conversations about negotiating. Negotiating it's all about knowledge. And um, one of the things I do as recruiters reach out to me is just like what you said, Natasha. I just I'm very matter of fact with him. I say, hey, look. What is the what's the what's the max they're willing to pay for this position? <laughs> and when I say that, yeah, I was like, when, what's the max that they're willing to pay? And when I say that, you can hear the you can just hear like the smoke and the and the gears turning in the head of the recruiter. And even then, they'll come and tell you a number, and I say, well, that's not that number's not, not good enough for me. Now, if it is good enough for me, then I accept that. And, and you can even you can even at that point in time negotiate more, right? But. Um, oh, sure. You know, but when I hear the number that I like, I, I say, okay, well, I'm fine with that. But um, when when they come back and they, you know, they tell me a number, and I'm like, nope, that's not it. And then they'll come back and tell me another number. And I'll tell them, I say, look, you, you're not, you're not. This is this is you're supposed to be in good faith here, right? If you can give me another ten an hour, why why didn't you offer me that up front? You know, sure. and, and so that that also influences how that process goes, influences whether or not I really want to work for that kind of a company. Because then, then the, during the negotiation process, and this is important, just side kind of ancillary takeaway, if how they negotiate with you coming into the door tells you how they're going to treat you once you're in the door. That's another <laughs> free tidbit. You know. Ring your bell. your bell on that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, if they mistreat you on the on the on you know from 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 uh, the the recruiting process, when they have no investment in you, they have no connection with you whatsoever. Well, how do you think that's going to change once they have some leverage on you as an employee or as a um, or as a service provider for them? Right. That that it's so funny that you say that um, when we talk about you know kind of negotiating or even navigating this space um, is that we have to go into these conversations confident. Um, and, and what we what a lot of times I think what we do, um, and it's not a bad thing, but we show that we are so eager just depending on and it's almost like we, we take the mindset on is that oh we're just thankful that they offered oh we're just thankful you know it you know they could have offered me nothing they could have not offered me a job and so while I don't take away from any of us being grateful I've been grateful for every single opportunity um that I've had however I need the paper I need the documentation I need it to reflect that I need it to reflect that you're happy to have me and I need it to reflect that I'm going to be happy to be here. Um, those two things are extremely important because a lot of times, again, we go in with this sense of desperation or we end up in these positions. And, and, and it's not to say that things don't happen. Sometimes we end up, you know, we may lose a job for any number of reasons. You got to think about we just went through a pandemic and are still going through a pandemic. And so mm -hmm. there have been situations where I'm sure people are trying to get back into the workforce. Um, and, and to be completely transparent, a lot of times companies take advantage of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, this person, you know, they need a job. So they're going to pay whatever it is that we give them. And no, we have to be like, you know, we have to say no. If we have those conversations with recruiters, for sure, absolutely with recruiters, for sure. 
Do not be scared to bring up compensation. In the very beginning, I know people say don't say that, but when you're dealing with a recruiter, if they have a budget and they're willing to share it, um, then they should share it. Because if they don't share it and you go through this process and then you realize they're paying $20,000 less than what you can, you know, what that, that is, you know, like you said, far away from your band, it's just too far. Then you've wasted a whole lot of time just understanding that, hey, their budget was significantly less than, than what you were willing to be compensated for. And we could save a lot of time in that process, too, um, by being really direct with recruiters about about the compensation portion of, of the process. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way that can work, in my opinion. Um, and, and for a lot of people, they don't realize that changing jobs or even interviewing with other companies, that takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of effort, you know. Um, you know, imagine, you know, to use a good metaphor, it's kind of like dating, right? If, if you're dating multiple people, it sounds like a great idea at first, but it takes a right. lot of time and energy to date, um, a lot of people. And, and it's the same thing with a job search. If you're searching up, you know, actively searching for the next opportunity, you're having conversations, you're, you're responding to emails, you know, you're, you're, you're submitting resumes and gathering together, uh, documentation that, you know, that they're requiring of you to submit for these different positions and filling out these applications. That takes a lot of time. And so you don't want to waste your precious time and your valuable time once again, because we're trying to establish, hey, your time is just as valuable. And so don't waste it uh, going through a process, to your point, Natasha, that that, that is not going to meet you uh, financially where you need to be. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to also impart upon people is that conversation is so important in how you have it. Um, one of the things that I've done that's been successful over the last uh, couple of years is whenever a company asks me, you know, well, what did you make at the previous place you worked? I don't even answer that question. I said, that has nothing to do with what you're willing to pay me for this position. And, and, and when I say that, completely changes the tone of the conversation at that point in time. I said, no, because you're not going to use what I used to make to dictate to me what I'm going to make now. Because we know, systemically speaking, there are many reasons why you could possibly be underpaid in your current position and well underneath market value for what you're what you're doing. And you need to really fix that when you go and negotiate for the next position that you're going into. And so you don't want those two things to be used as justification or that to be used as justification for your next salary. You want to go into that conversation as if everything is starting from square one other than your experience. And so, hey, this is who I am. This is my expertise and experience. What are you guys paying for this position? And that's where the conversation begins. It doesn't begin at what you used to make because that has no bearing on what they're willing to pay you other than to your point, they try to um, manipulate you and say, Hey, Oh, well, if you know, if you used to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year at the previous place, we can get you for it. We'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars. No, there's risk there. You know um, the way I try to explain it to people is that there's risk in transitioning jobs. So if, if you're recruiting me, to come work for your organization. There's a premium you're going to have to pay me to leave my job. You're not going to just get me to 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 uh, to to, re, to relinquish relationships, to to vacate all that knowledge I've got about how this company works, about how I do my job for them, the the the, the bonds and the network I've developed over here, um the the just the just the routine that I've grown accustomed to working for this particular client or working for this particular company to leave all of that, that equity that I've invested, that social equity, that, that um, intellectual equity, that um, positional equity, if you want to use that term to come work for you for the exact same thing. So you have to figure out what your premium is for risk of leaving because these people don't know you. If you work at a place for five years and you build great relationships, 
going someplace else, they don't know you. They don't necessarily have to treat you good. They don't necessarily have the same rapport with you that you're gonna you have you've had with your previous, um, you know, uh, managers and your previous uh, companies you've worked for. So you need to ask, uh, if, hey, you know, if you want me to come work for you, this is what you're gonna have to pay me to get me to leave. And companies understand that. Companies understand that that that, that risk has a value, a trade off for it. And um, then on top of that. You negotiate based on, you know, obviously your position and your expertise and and what that means. So I, I never transition from companies uh, without having that premium in mind of if I'm getting recruited, like, hey, this is what I'm going to have to have to get what I need. Um, and, they, and companies understand that language. They understand that com- fully. They understand that completely um, when you when you when you bring it up to them uh, in that in those early conversations about transitioning to another position. Right. You made some, some really important points. Um, and the one that you made at the very beginning of the conversation, um, one thing that I've noticed having been in the market is that companies are less inclined now to inquire about compensation. There are some states where it's illegal to do so, um, which, is, which is good. I think that was the right direction to go. Um, but when you talk about looking at flags, um, and, and when you're interviewing to, to be able to go to certain companies or, and they're asking you those questions, those are companies that I would likely steer away from. Because, again, you understand if, they, if they're asking that question, they want to know specifically what you make so they can base their salary on what, you're, what they want to pay you off of what you made previously. Again, not off the market, not on your value that you have not yet had an opportunity to articulate at this point. Mm-hmm. So if there was a that's, that's wanting to have that type of conversation um, and they're asking me about what my previous salary is that's probably going to be for me that's probably going to be where the process is going to end um, because now I understand how your company thinks based on how they choose to compensate yeah, that, that's so true I mean you've got to have you got to have your deal breakers uh, understood and I think that's a that goes back to our very first PowerPoint that we gave people, but you want to have your deal breakers understood. Hey, what is it that would get me to walk away from this conversation? You know, um, I used to, I use dating as a metaphor because I hope people can, can somewhat understand that the, the same some of these same, uh, tactics, uh, some of these same, uh, approaches will apply, but it's like, if you're sitting across the table from somebody and they said, Hey, you know, I like to sacrifice cats in my spare time underneath my bed with, you know, a bunch of candles and, you know, uh, you know, different, <laughs> different, uh, iconography. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. You might say to yourself, all right, uh, let me, let me evaluate this. Is this a deal breaker for me? <laughs> is this a deal breaker for me? And, uh, hopefully it is, but Hey, who knows? You might like sacrificing cats too. So y'all might find a common, a common bond there, but um, if a person, if a, if a, if in that process of negotiating for a job, someone says to you something that is a deal breaker for you, then you have to, you have to have the courage, the self-esteem and, uh, the, the, the correct value assessment of yourself to say, Hey, you know what? This is just not the opportunity for me at this time because how, because companies, good companies. And I say this, I say this, you know, just totally, uh, based on what I've heard in the market, based on what I've experienced. Good companies want people to be paid fairly. You know, no no company wants to have employees disgruntled about how much money they're making because all that's going to do is create um, uh, attrition and and churn, you know, in terms of losing people and having to hire people. The one of the most expensive um, processes for a company 
is onboarding and bringing on a new employee and bringing them up to speed. So nobody wants to create a situation from day one, if, if they're a good company and they're thinking correctly, where people feel disgruntled and, and, un, and, and, and dissatisfied with their compensation. Compensation is, is for, for companies who, are really, uh, who really understand how to retain talent and how to promote uh, a healthy environment among their labor force, they totally understand that compensation needs to be, you know, needs to be, needs to be a moot point, right? It needs to be something that's, hey, if it takes another five to get this person happy, pay them that five and let's keep on moving. Because we don't right. want to spend, you know, we don't want to we don't want to lose twenty, thirty thousand dollars in productivity per se, depending on the position, behind having to train somebody else when this person leaves because they can go get another ten thousand dollars from one of our competitors because everybody is competing. So the companies have to also compete for the best talent. And they know that, Hey, if we're underpaying people, people are just going to leave and go someplace else. And, um, and so compensation, having aggressive conversations about compensation, it may seem like you're hurting the company uh, and their perception of you going into it, but actually you're doing the company and yourself the biggest favor because you put both parties in a position where everybody has a great understanding and they feel good about the agreement they've reached around the employment. And when you do that, not only can you come into the organization and do the best job you can, but they're going to get the best employee or the best service provider or the best vendor they, that they, that they can, they could possibly ask for because you're, you're happy with what you're, what you're getting from them. And therefore, you want to make sure they're happy with what you're giving them in, in return with your service and your time. Yeah. I, um, compensate people fairly. Um, and, and you know, like you said, there, it's a combination of things that happen with that. You know, if you're, like you said, if you're compensated fairly, um, you're going to walk away from that table comfortable. If you ever feel uneasy about walking away, if you felt like either you gave up too much, especially if you know what your value is, there's some things that we just shouldn't compromise on. And if you don't have to, and people don't realize this is that, is that if that company doesn't pay you, if you've properly articulated your value based on the market, based on your experience, if they don't pay you, someone else will. Yep. That's a, that's another, that's another, uh, that's another dating metaphor right there. You don't have to settle for being in an abusive relationship. There's somebody else out there who would truly love you. Just as you are, you know, <laughs> and you'll, and you'll be like, man, I've never been treated this good as who I am, yeah. but it's like, no, you know yeah, there's, there's opportunities out there. Yeah. You know, so Natasha, I wanted to kind of um, go ahead and, and kind of wrap us up and head, head in towards the last piece of our conversation. You know, uh, we've talked about how to negotiate and we've given some really helpful tips on how to negotiate. Um, what, how, you know, how can people reach out to you? How can people find you if they want to, they want some coaching, uh, around how to actually negotiate for, for salary. Um, and I, and I, I love the fact that there is a, that you are helping to kind of, you know, position yourself in the market of coaching people and, and giving people that, that advice that they can, Hey, they can pick your brain and, and, you know, and get some good help with that because, you know, these are conversations we don't have often enough, especially not in the black community. So how can people reach you? How can people find your, you and get in touch with you? And, and, and what resources do you have available that uh, people can, can get from you that'll help them in this journey? Sure thing. So right now, um, actually on May 1st, I'm actually going to be launching uh, my consulting company. This will be my second go around at this. So I'm really excited about this time. Um, it's going to be C3G Consulting. 
Um, currently, right now, though, people can't connect with me on LinkedIn. My name is Natasha. First name, last name, Hartree, H-A-R-T-R-Y. Um, you can connect with me there. Um, once I do the launch, I'll circle back with you to give you all the information um, just as it relates to people being able to reach out and contact me. Um, but currently, right now, LinkedIn, and they can also connect with me on Facebook. Um, if, if they have those conversations and, and, and a, a lot of times people have been sending my name and people have been somehow finding their way to me. Um, but again, if you are in the corporate space and you're on LinkedIn, you can find me. It is first and last name, Natasha Hartree, last name H-A-R-T is in Tom, R is in rabbit, Y is in yellow. So that's how it's spelled out, um, Natasha Hartree. So that's how people can find me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what we'll do is we'll take your LinkedIn profile um, link and put it in the show notes so that when this comes out, people are able to find you uh, by clicking on that. So for people who are listening, look in the show notes and you'll see a link to Natasha's information on LinkedIn. Uh, Natasha, before I let you go, do you have anything else you want to share uh, with the audience uh, before we wrap this conversation up? Um, so first of all, I do want to thank you for just having me on. Like I said, this is an area that I am I'm truly passionate about. Um, one of the reasons that it's so important to me is that um, our community has been constantly um, economically impacted since before we were even thought of. Um, one of the things that I want to do and that I want people to do when they're going into these conversations um, is to be confident and be empowered. Um, be empowered to have these conversations. They will not be comfortable. Um, and it may feel like, um, you know, for, for, for lack of a better phrase, it may feel like you're doing the most, um, but you're really not. Again, and just I want people just to be confident. And when we talk about being able to bridge that gap, um, we have a responsibility to be able to do that for ourselves. Um, and so while there may not be people that are not going to give us, like people, nobody is going to not give you anything that you don't ask for. It's almost like closed mouths don't get fed. Um, so just be confident, be empowered. Um, if you need help in learning how to navigate that space, I will, again, release some additional information to you. I have a master class coming up, especially for people that are right now within the, the pandemic trying to re move around, negotiate, um, trying to get more of what they're worth. And so we'll go into more details on that. Um, but again, like I said, just be empowered, be encouraged. Um, not Don't be afraid to have those conversations. Um, and if they don't go the way that you want them to, don't be afraid to walk away. Definitely. Definitely. I'm going to say one last thing. Um, just a piece of advice I thought of just then. Um, also, um, oh man, I, it just slipped my, it just slipped on the tip of my tongue, man. Maybe that's just the best place to end the conversation right there. Oh yeah. Uh, understand. Oh yeah. Ask questions. There, there it is. I, Cause I was just helping somebody with this recently. Ask questions about how they evaluate salary annually. Another thing that's important about your compensation is how often do they evaluate your compensation to make sure that they're paying you um, where they need to pay you? You know, every, uh, com smart companies understand that inflation is a real thing. And so when they made when they paid you sixty five thousand walking in the door, um, that ain't the same. They ain't going to be the same money uh, in five years from now because of inflation. And so if they don't do annual salary reviews with you. That's a problem because that means that that 65,000 won't grow with the demands of the economy and how inflation uh, takes hold. So you want to know, hey, if I come into the door, you know, I might lose, I might, I might come in for 5,000 less than what you, than what you want, than, than, than the perfect salary. If there's going to be a conversation about increasing my salary within a year, 
You know, because maybe you maybe you're willing to make that trade off to go work for that company because they have great benefits or something like that. But um, ultimately, um, that's what you want to be able to do. So anyway, Natasha, thank you so much for um, helping me have such a wonderful conversation. Uh, Thank you for being part of the conversation. And uh, yeah, we will um, definitely uh, look forward to all the things you've got coming up with your business and your coaching. And we will want to share that with our community when the time comes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Um, any other platform that you have, um, please feel free to have me back on. This was fun. I, I really, really enjoyed this. I want to thank Natasha Hartree one more time for stopping by and being a part of the conversation. Hey guys, be sure to go check out Culture and Conversations. Everywhere there's Culture and Conversations, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube as well, all Culture and Conversations. And then lastly, if you want to ever send me an email, cultureandconversations at gmail.com. I would really appreciate hearing from you. If you got show ideas, you got feedback, you can also uh, leave some show feedback using the link that you see in the show notes for submitting listener feedback. I always check that stuff and uh, take that to heart. So do me a favor and drop me a line. And until the next time, you guys be blessed and stay well. Peace.